0: working drummer. Now kick it. <coughs> This is The Working Drummer Podcast, serving up perspectives, experiences, and stories from ground-level working pros. Advice, tips, and secrets on how to build a career in the music business. Hello, everybody. This is Matthew Krauss, and you are listening to the podcast, Working Drummer. Today, my guest is Michael Robinson. Michael is the vice president of marketing for KHS America, a distributor of many musical instruments, including Mapex and Sonar Drums. Our conversation today helps to shed light on an important role that a company like KHS plays at connecting manufacturers and innovators to the drummer. And as a player himself, Michael understands the need of the working drummer as well as music educators. His position allows him to facilitate those important relationships that are unique to our industry. To find out more about this podcast and other podcasts that we've done, go to workingdrummer.net. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can leave us a rating and review on iTunes, and also you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes. So, in Nashville, there are two great drum companies, Mapex and Sonar, distributed through a company called KHS America, and I recently approached them about the possibility of supporting our podcast, and they said, you know what, come to our office and check out and play this new entry-ish level Mapex kit that we are running a holiday promotion on. Uh, Okay. So, the idea uh, was more or less, if you dig the kit, talk about it. If not, we'll think of something else. They wanted me to have a real experience, and uh, so yeah, I played it. It sounded great. Uh, Now, it's been a while since my first kit, but I have to say I lucked out and got a great kit for the money, and it got me through college and into my professional playing years. I think those kinds of well-made entry and mid-level kits are hard to find these days, but this Mapex kit is a killer-sounding and great looking kit. It's called the Mapex Storm, and the kit I played was 1-up, 2-down, 12-14-16, by 22 kick and a matching snare, Planet Z Zildjian cymbals, crash, ride hi-hat, and of course, all the hardware needed for that setup. I have to be honest, the kick pedal design was not my cup of tea as it was a heelless plate, but it also tells me that Mapex is not afraid to think outside the box. The street price, as they call it, for all those drums, with hardware and cymbals, for this promotion, is $799. MapexDrums.com is where you can go check out the Storm Series and find your nearest Mapex dealer. And I realize that there are those of you listening right now who have moved beyond this level, but if you know a student, a church, or anyone looking for a complete great sounding kit, uh, the Storm Series by Mapex just might be the answer. So let's get to it. Here is Michael Robinson.
1: We have a lot of musicians that work here, especially marketing and sales. I mean, there isn't anybody almost almost exclusively musicians.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, which is which is nice. Tell
0: me about KHS as far as from the manufacturer to the customer,
1: and what role KHS plays. Uh, so. KHS, uh, there, there's kind of two KHSs that I'll talk about. Um, the first is, is KHS Musical Instruments, which is a uh, Taiwanese-based company that is responsible for, they're the owner and, and the manufacturer of some of uh, the most well-recognized brands uh, in our industry. Um, uh, for the drummers out there, uh, Mapex uh, yeah. would probably be the most well-recognized name um uh among the drum brands although um there is a deep relationship between khs and sonar which actually puts khs america which is the the u.s headquarters Mm -hmm. of khs um it, it, it we're the we're the distributor and marketer for sonar in the u.s so we actually have mapex and sonar yeah um but uh, even beyond drum sets, we also have Mapex marching percussion. We have Majestic school and concert percussion. We have Sonar Orf, which is like the, the, the children's... Um, mallet mallet right. oriented mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of like a whole educate music education system Carl yeah. uh, Orff was was the the composer was the kind of the inventor right. of the right. system kind of like a suzuki yeah that style. that kind of thing mm-hmm. exactly yeah mm-hmm. so um, and a bunch of other brands, Hercules, Jupiter, right. uh, yeah, lots of so many of those different brands, uh, they cover different ground. Uh, what Rockwood, is that another Rockwood is, uh, is like, like little kids, a uh, starter, right. starter instruments. Right.
0: I, yeah. And, I saw that and it, it just made me wonder. It's like, it, it makes sense where you have multiple brands that, uh, Sure, Rockwood is a drum set, but it's for little kids, so there Mm -hmm. isn't really a conflict of interest. And I just wonder, how does that play a role in marketing with Sonar and Mapex
1: being... It's actually not all that complicated, because um, even between Mapex and Sonar, um, I think in the past it may have been a little bit more complicated because all drum companies go after all drummers, right? Yeah. Yeah. the way we are positioning Mapex and Sonar is, is is such that we're really trying to target different customer types, and I don't mean, you know, old versus young or, mm-hmm. you know, metal versus jazz or hmm. something like that. Right. It's it's really more, um, it's really a really bit more of what what a, what a marketer would call like a, a, a psychographic difference. Which means, kind of, the the personality traits are really the defining differences that where one person might really be drawn to Mapex versus another person would be more drawn to Sonar.
0: Do you have an example of maybe, maybe not naming a name, but uh, a
1: personality type that might be drawn to uh, Sonar? Um, well, for sure. I mean, w- the for Sonar, we're, we're talking about. Um, d- there's, there's a, a little bit of a higher price point attached to sonar. So we're talking about, the, I guess maybe if I could put it a different way, mm-hmm. um, what is the difference in customer between somebody who buys um, a BMW versus a Lexus? Mm-hmm. They're both completely comparable Cars. They're both luxury brands. They're br- they're both priced roughly the same, but they diff- definitely have different personality traits. One is gonna one is gonna look for that sort of German experience. Um, yeah, yeah. And obviously, the Sonar thing being a German, actually, sure, there's sure. a lot of there's a lot of uh, uh, relationship there um, versus you know Sonar uh, or I'm sorry, Mapex may. It, it has a different thing. I mean, the bearing edge that we di- designed with the Sonic clear bearing edge, it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely, um, it's a brand that has a lot of innovation. In fact, when we get into marketing, these brands, we, we actually talk about, we start the conversation with what's called a brand essence. Mm. And it serves as like our North pole for where all of our compasses need to point right from, from, m- from marketers, product managers to graphic designers to the people who are designing the instruments, which we are a part of that team as well. Okay. Everybody kind of needs to be heading heading in the in, in the same direction. For Mapex, that brand essence is um is it, it's it's kind of like this more renegade spirit thing. It's, you know, it's a little bit rebellious. It's a little bit like nonconformist. Um, whereas sonar is is a little bit more Um, in line with, um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? The Um, car analogy
0: is really great as far as, there was a show I watched Car and Driver picking out the car of the year, and they had a Camaro, and they had a BMW, and they were both very comparable performance-type vehicles, but one just
1: had a vibe about it. Yeah, that definitely appealed to a certain demographic. Yeah, you know, over the other. The sonar thing is more of like an uncompromising. It's more closer to like the luxury automobile mm-hmm. customer. Yeah, you know, and even if I were to point out, like I said, BMW versus Lexus. Actually, I could even draw a bigger distinction in terms of where we want to go. It may be more like, uh, it may be more like a Mercedes versus um, Jeep or Mini. Right. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. or or, or, or like somebody who drives a, you know, a Chevy pickup or a Jeep Wrangler or a mini. And I know those are totally different customers, but typically those customers, they don't want to be Mercedes owners. Mm -hmm. It's just a totally different personality trait at play there. And that's kind of how we're, But they're all drivers. But they're all drivers, right? right? They all love cars. They all like the feel of one car versus another. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they have, if you could make a choice, what would you choose? Right. And, you know, look, I mean, we buy cars that are often kind of reflect our our personalities. Yeah. Right? I mean... This is what I can afford. That reflects my personality. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that there is that. Yeah, but uh, even within what you can afford, you 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 choose a color, you well, choose you know a what? style, very true. you choose a uh, you know.
0: That's very true. I, yeah. I have a um, I have a Toyota, and that reflects my personality. It's what I could could afford. You know, didn't have a lot of choices,
1: but yeah. I did choose that over a domestic car at the time. You know, so it's funny that you mentioned price, and and I mean it's actually one of it's one of those things that we. Um, we, in, we very intentionally try to drive the conversation away from price. Um, not so much so that we can, you know, charge more. It's not about that. It's that you know, when it, it, in the world of marketing or in business, when, you're, when you have a, a consumer brand, uh, the, one of the worst things that you can do is try to compete on price because ultimately anybody can do that, mm-hmm. right? Anybody any one of your competitors can simply say, all right, well, I'll, I'll charge less, if they're being threatened by you, by your success, they can mm-hmm. come back and say, "Well, I'm just going to charge a hundred dollars less." Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're, you know, in in the drum industry, we often those that participate as either retailers or manufacturers. I mean, we all know each other. We're all friends at some level, even when we're competitors. Mm-hmm. We all kind of joke about being engaged the, in, in the race to the bottom. It's because everybody is either. Um, matching spec at a lower price Mm -hmm. or matching price with a slightly better spec. And that's, that's inherently what we call commoditization. You know, it's, it's turning the category instead of from this very passion, emotion oriented industry to Mm -hmm. one of, you know, can I, you know, what, what's the cheapest soap I can buy? Yeah. you know very sort of utilitarian in mm-hmm. its nature and it's and it's a shame because of right. the history of this community and you know how drummers really feel mm-hmm. um it's you know sometimes the industry kind of forgets that and it's actually something as a company that we we're trying to kind of re-embrace and that's mm-hmm. that's part of the dna of 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 who khs is as a company but specifically who mapex and sonar are I see.
0: So, say uh, you have the customer that's interested in Sonar, and you have the manufacturer.
1: You have Sonar, and based in Germany. Yeah. Well, the um, Sonar is uh, is still a company. It's actually part of the Honer group, okay. uh, the same company that is you know world famous for their harmonica. So sure. it's, it's actually the same company. Sonar is the br- a brand within it, and um, they are based in Bad Berlberg, uh, Germany, hmm. which is. Um, uh, north, uh, Black Forest oh, area. Beautiful. Yeah. Using
0: them as an example, and say um, a customer walking into Forks, where does KHS play the role as far as getting them? A sonar kit.
1: So we're the distributor. We're the U S distributor for, uh, both of those brands as well as every other brand that we carry. But Mm. we're, since we're talking about drums, um, we're the U S distributor for both, uh, Mapex and sonar. We're also kind of play the role here where we're, we're, um, uh, we're the U S marketer, but we also, um, do a lot of the design and branding work for, uh, for mapex globally and 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 even a little bit of sonar although sonar has its own graphic design team too I see
0: KHS it, it, in Chinese it's what Kong Shu She
1: very close in fact you may be more right than I will be <laughs> but uh, I, I I pronounce it and I could be wrong maybe yeah. I'll get a call from Taiwan tomorrow but uh, Kong Hu She Kong She. yeah it's
0: interesting she goes, uh, that sounds Taiwanese. It is. I know. I, I, I didn't. It's all I said to her. I said KHS acronym. It's, it's, it's in Chinese. It's and I said it. I'm not going to say it again. Um, I'm not going to butcher it again. And uh, she goes, "That's Taiwanese." I said, well, the company is based in in Taiwan, yeah. uh, but it, it apparently means um, contribute to schools and society. Is that
1: yeah, correct? that's that's a that's a pretty good translation uh, okay. of it, and. Uh, uh, the company is owned by um, uh, the the Shea family, uh, the, the principal of which is Wu Shea, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Wu is uh, one of the one of the greatest guys uh, wow. I've I've met in business. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know what a what a generous and and very kind, very super intelligent. Obviously, I mean he built a a monster of a business, mm-hmm, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one of the greatest guys i've, I've come across that's awesome uh, yeah really really great person i can remember i could tell you a story about Wu. um it was actually my first um maybe few months with the company and we were over in taiwan and we were having um some meetings and it was late at night we were up in in uh i think it was Wu's office and and um we were having a, a, just a nice conversation over a glass of scotch and whatnot, and and uh, I had only been there uh, a little while, so I, I I turned to Wu and I said, uh, Wu, I just wanted to thank you very much for you know giving me this opportunity and, and bringing me into the company. I'm you know I'm really honored. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, he, and he and he almost sought me cold in the middle of the conversation. He kind of patted my knee and he goes, it's you know, it's our company. Huh. uh and and not that i interpreted that literally <laughs> right right but the gesture was enough and yeah. you know you don't find a lot of people who who make you feel like you're you're more than an employee, that you're, you're, that your family, that you belong. And there has been nothing inconsistent from that very first conversation with him. He wasn't just saying it. To... He wasn't saying it. In fact, every time I, I every time I'm around, Wu, it's that same type of, yeah. uh, mentality, which is, it's really admirable. And I wanted to ask you
0: what KHS's relationship is with educators and where that falls in line with, I know you're the distributor with retailers, but
1: is it common? Is it unique for distributors? It's, it, it, it's, it's not all that common. One thing we, we should probably do is, is kind of define it a little bit, understand that, that uh, because of, of several of our brands being uh, band instruments, Mm-hmm. Um, specific so jupiter wind instruments and uh, mapex marching and majestic concert and school percussion and uh you know the list goes on and on and on um you know in fact with the after the acquisition of of uh of honer inc um now we have not just harmonicas which have a great educational component to them but um also We've got uh, uh, Latin instruments. You know, mm. we've we're actually just f- finishing a conversation a few minutes ago about um, how we want to approach the school mariachi market, which is growing substantially. Wow. Um, so there's 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 all of that. Um, although that in in many cases our drum brands tend to be m- some of the more recognized brands for those who aren't members of our industry or deeply members of our industry it's actually Jupiter and all of the the, the school music brands that are actually the biggest piece of our business and as a result of that Um, one of the core competencies that we have as a company is is developing connections and and supporting the music education community Mm -hmm. largely that has that that turns out to be band directors and Mm -hmm. uh, some general music educators Mm -hmm. and and the like um, although it's not exclusive to them in fact some of our um some of our deepest uh, kind of held marketing philosophies is not so much about you know we try not to say buy our buy our saxophone I mean that's kind of re- it's not we don't really do it that way hmm. um, we t- we prefer to um, really engage with our audience and help the our audience understand that we are not only supporters of the community that they belong to, but we're members of the community that we that they belong to. Yeah. We're part of the educational network. We're part of the success, um, that it has in making musicians and Mm -hmm. turning those kids into smarter and better people because of their experience in music.
0: It's always been an interesting thing uh, because you have music and you have business and you have the two, and sometimes there can be diametrically opposed ideas, well, art and commerce. You know, how would you describe the culture here? Like just here, maybe in the building, or?
1: Well, I can I can tell you that um, there's a very large number of musicians here. Uh, you know, part of the reason that you find that it's is because of people's experience playing music um having music part of their lives from the time that they're very young um like you and i did people have a choice of what to do with their lives they have Mm -hmm. a choice of what career path to take and Mm -hmm. um the people that work here have chosen to do what they love as opposed to just going out and Not I'm not certainly not trying to offend anybody that sells insurance, but there's there's a there's a very active choice that you make Mm -hmm. when you decide to participate in the music industry. You certainly don't do it for money. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, I can I can speak firsthand to that. Yeah. You know you you really have to love what you do. I mean I was the kid that like you know my dad was a a big band jazz drummer you know by night you know attorney by day and. Uh, I was born with a, you know, a 59 round badge Gretsch, uh, in my house and, um, you know, I learned to play, uh, from the time I was in diapers and, and, uh, You know, sitting on my dad's lap, you know, at at, at the drum set, and you know, I think when I was ten years old, uh, you know, he came home from work one day and he came down into the basement where the drums were, and I had completely disassembled his scratch kit, like (laughs) right down to the springs and felt inside the lug casings, you know, and he and he was just like, "Oh my God, what have you done?" And 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 I was like, "Don't worry, Dad, I got it. I'm just (laughs) I'm cleaning it," you know. And and I suppose, although I didn't recognize it at the time, I suppose you know that was already evident in my dna that i wanted to work with instruments i wanted to Mm -hmm. do this i wanted to i wanted to work you know with my hands or my brain on on musical instruments i I clearly had that passion from very early on and my story is really not that different from a lot of people's stories what is your story man where are you from oh um I'm from I'm from New York, uh, born and raised uh, on Long, Long Island, uh, a little town called Oyster Bay, which is uh, Teddy Roosevelt's hometown. Mm-hmm. So, like you know, everybody else in that town, I'm like a total TR nut. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I grew up there and and uh, um, eventually moved uh, to Boston for a little while um, uh, for school. Uh, went to College of the Holy Cross up in Worcester, Massachusetts, and got a, of all things, a degree of, in, in philosophy. Um, so anybody who's a philosophy major out there, don't let them tell you that there's no career path. Cause <laughs> there are many (laughs) there are many (laughs) it's just not clearly defined um it's very philosophical yeah exactly um so i you know i i i graduated from there i moved to boston and and worked there for a while as a player you know i mean i played like the whole time you know i I kind of fast forwarded to college there for, for the you know interview but uh I played all through. Did my you have childhood. a teacher besides your father? Uh, no, largely my, largely my father. I mean, I, I, I took some drum lessons, uh-huh. uh, you know, on, on Long Island growing up. Um, I learned to read. I learned the rudiments and stuff, but I. Uh, I'm predominantly ear trained. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, my, that's how my father learned to play. That's mm-hmm. how I learned to play. I've got other musicians in my family, although they didn't play drums, that's, you know, they learned to play everything by ear. And, and
0: did you follow kind of in his footsteps stylistically?
1: Or uh, Yeah, I did for a while. Yeah. Um, I, I did for a while until I kind of found my own voice uh, on the kit. And, and that became, um, you know, kind of, I, I, it's almost a little bit too, difficult to define. It's certainly influenced by jazz, but mm-hmm. um, it's it's a lot of different things. I mean, you know, my path, because I'm, I'm so highly exposed to some of the greatest players that have ever lived, mm-hmm. you know, I've been doing this for 20 years. Mm-hmm. It, 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 that kind of rubs off. And yeah. I, I, I don't mean to make it sound like, you know, yeah, Dennis Chambers' ability rubbed off on me or well, no, it's not yeah, that. It it's no, that. It's just but, my ears yeah. um, kind of... I didn't get conditioned to one style, mm-hmm. I, you know. I mean, I, I sunk in deep with all of these different styles, right. and somehow osmosis or whatever it kind of bled into my into my own style in little ways. We talk about the influence of YouTube and and just online things that are available
0: now that were never available when I was growing up, and but when I was. Uh, working in retail and working with just the different clinics that were coming through and meeting all these incredible players, I had a chance to see and experience them. you know, And it does just one performance of being right there, not even watching it. Uh, on a screen of any sort but being there in the room hanging with the person watching them play it does make a profound impact just in a
1: very short short amount of time it seems sure like i said i've been doing this for 20 years and you might think that after 20 years it gets a little sterilized or you get a little numb to it but Mm. i i you know there's there's i still love the moment when i'm watching somebody play and i get the chills I left Boston, um, and I and I, uh, I, it's kind of a funny story. I, I actually while I was there, I, I applied uh, for the West Coast AR gig for Zildjian because it was currently open. It actually uh, the guy that wound up getting the gig is um, is uh, uh, Jair uh or Acuna. So Alex Acuna's uh, son. Wow. Uh, got that gig, and I had applied for it, and I went on the interview and stuff. And they were like, you know, do you have any industry working with our uh, any experience working with artists? No. Do you have any experience in the industry? No. Do you, have, do you know how to take inventory? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you know anything that would qualify you yeah. for the job? Right. No, not really. <laughs> what made you draw? What, what drew you to that? My day gig when I was living in Boston, I, I was actually working for the Boston Stock Exchange, um, oh, wow. oddly enough, and I hated every minute of it. And uh, I was playing at night and, um, and then there was an ad that was posted, uh, for tryouts for blue man group and they were doing the tryouts in Boston. And I was like, yeah, sure. What the heck, you know, Mm -hmm. I'll give it a shot. I mean, I had done like, you know, Played the lead in our town in high school, so I I don't know maybe mm-hmm. I thought I could act, mm-hmm. not so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, I went and tried out, and 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 all of the the early auditions were all were all drumming related. It was there was like no acting as part of the audition. Okay. So I actually made it, and, and I think they were looking for like, you know, kind of a certain like eyes and a head shape because you know there's so much of the characters that So it was through. auditioning for one of the 3 Yeah, what for? Yeah, it wasn't for like the band, it was actually for one oh, of the one wow. of the stage performers and and uh, so I actually made the final 3 in Boston yeah. and uh and I was so excited about it. You know, I was just like, "Oh, you know, if I could if I could do this, like if I got like I started to have my imagination kind of got carried away and I was like, "Oh man, if I could if I could do this and you know gather, go out on the road and be part of this tour." Uh, or in one of the cities where they're performing that would just I mean that would just be amazing and uh, you know ultimately I got you know the final callback and that was the callback where the acting audition take place which I bombed (laughs) I mean I I like I I bombed it so badly uh, that it was just like okay I mean like as soon as we were in the middle of the audition I'm like (laughs) okay this isn't working out but it was a trigger for me um the, I guess that letting my imagination get a little carried away and kind of having the dreams of what the gig would be like, mm-hmm. um, it, it wet my appetite enough yeah. to, to do something that I could invest my heart into mm-hmm. as opposed to doing something for a paycheck. And it turned it tr- it triggered something yeah. in me, which is when I was like and I don't know what the moment was when I was just like, you know, I'm gonna work in the music products industry. Right. I, I don't know that there was like an active switch that took place. I just sure. it just happened. Mm-hmm. And I applied and definitely didn't get the Zildjian job. But I went uh I went home uh for a visit um to Long Island. Um it was actually my dad's uh I want to say it was his 65th birthday party, and uh, it just so happened that um, John and Joan D'Addario, uh, mm-hmm. who's John was the owner of D'Addario of D'Addario Company at the time, was was out there. He's kind of a, a friend of my dad's uh, acquaintance, and um, I wound up having a conversation with him, and I said, you know, I've I've just recently decided that this is something that I really want to do. And, um, you know, knowing that you've got a company in this industry, you know, do you have any advice for me? Would yeah. you, know, would you be willing to maybe take a look at my resume? Not, I wasn't asking for a job. I was just, uh, you know, yeah, saying, you yeah. know, could, can you give me some advice on sure. how to do this? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, why don't you, you know, why don't you come in on Monday and, and, uh, we'll come in and we'll talk. So I did, and I got a whole tour of the place and, Uh, it was actually his, his son, John, John the third, uh, that kind of gave me a tour of, of the plant. And, and it was, I mean, I found, I, I mean, as soon as I had that tour, I was like, this is it, this is what I want to do this. I found it completely fascinating. Although I wasn't an engineer, I had that, you know, that, that philosopher's mind of like, you know, trying to figure out how things work. Yeah. Um, just, it kind of drew me in and, and, um, to make a long story short, I wound up. Uh, they wound up giving me a gig. I got my. I got my foot in the door, uh, and uh, it was working. Uh, the production, the Evans drumheads production line. It was a new, fairly newly acquired brand for them. Uh, they had just moved it uh, not too many months before, um, and they gave me a job working the the Evans uh, production line. Wow, uh, it's just one of the one of the you know labor people. Okay and uh and it was kind of funny because uh, I mean I was it was like me and 35 Dominican women <laughs> And, uh, and it was a blast, you know, like, I mean, they, they would like force me to like speak Spanish and stuff. And it was, I was super rusty in Spanish, but like, you know, I took enough high school Spanish that I I was barely able to get by, but yeah, they were, it was like a really, they were really cool. And, and, uh, they kind of, these ladies all kind of like took me under their wing and stuff. And
0: how did you feel when you're doing that compared to the stock exchange
1: gig? uh, I I was happy, you know, I mean, yeah, I was making like nothing. But yeah. I was I was genuinely happier. Yeah. Um, and because I was learning about, like, and, of course, my mind is, like, active all the time, so I'm learning about, like, how drum heads are made and, like, mm-hmm. why they do it this way versus that way. And I don't know. I'm, I guess I must have been there, like, a, a, a few weeks or a month or something when uh, Jim Daddario, who's, who's the owner of the company now, came over, and, and he was just like, hey, you know, uh, you speak English, and you're a drummer, aren't you? I was like, yeah. And and he goes, um, and you know you're kind of learning how drumheads are made. I'm like, yep. And he goes, all right, do you, you know, can you... I've, I've got this prototype here that was uh, designed by Bob Gatson, who is like one of the design guys for Evans for a long time. Sure. And uh, it was the retro screen. He had the prototype. Oh, it was that okay. mesh front bass drum head. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I got this I got this head. And, you know, do you think you could kind of like figure out how to manufacture? And I'm like, uh, I'll give it a try, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I did that and, uh, and, and kind of got it figured out and just... all of a sudden i found myself off the line of you know production line and all of a sudden i was being given all the prototypes to figure out like how to make stuff and i was working with the team i was working with the engineers and um and i can't even like trace the 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 timeline or the path but all of a sudden i was in charge of r&d for evans um and uh i was getting really into it i mean there's uh although Diderio is the owner of the patents i have i got to wound up getting a couple of patents and uh, um uh uh, being the named inventor in those patents the whole uh, evans marching percussion line was all my stuff man that's
0: incredible
1: uh so i kind of led and then all of a sudden i was picked up and and brought over to the main office across the street and and they were like you're going to be now the brand manager and you're going to be doing marketing i'm like what's marketing i you know
0: Okay. Do you remember, when, like, from the time you started
1: there, like how long that? It, it, I don't know. I, I mean, this is a long time ago for me now, but it felt fast. Um, yeah, it, it felt like. It sounds like you were in the thick of it. That that time really was just. Well, it, it, although the company had been around a long time, Evans and Evans as a brand had been around a long, a long time. Uh, Dedario had not owned Evans for a long time yeah so I think I was in sort of really at the ground floor and because of that because there weren't a ton like of people new phase yeah it was within, a new phase uh-huh. and because there weren't like a, a, a lot of people working on the line I think what happened was I got a I got a lot of exposure really early okay. you know I got a lot of experience pretty early on now I was still stupid I mean, I was still a kid and mm-hmm. I was still, you know, probably arrogant and, you know, making a lot of. But somebody saw mistakes, something about you, but that, like. Thankfully, somebody did. Yes. You yeah. know, and I could name a handful of those people that had enough faith in me to smack me in the head every once in a while, mm-hmm. and, you know, and say, you know, stop being stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, You know, from the time I started to the time I became a product manager is maybe three years, four years, something like that. Um maybe five, I I don't know, I don't remember. And uh but then all of a sudden I'm in I'm in the middle of marketing and 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 being I'm the product manager and they were uh and and one of the things about the kind of the, the the growth period of that company at the time was being a product manager. It meant you weren't just a product manager, you were like the hub for a lot of things, mm-hmm. you know, you were involved in R and D, you're involved in marketing, you're involved in sales, you're learning right. about P and L, you're learning about business in general, you're learning about lots of stuff. Were they sending you to like uh, any Nam related? Courses? Yeah, I was. Oh, sure, of course, I was going to Nam. Oh, courses. Um, no, that place was like a. It was like a university. Unto itself, yeah. You know, I mean, that was kind of the nature of that place, especially at that time. Was you know, if especially if you were a product manager, it was like, it was if you were in school. That's what that right, place was right. like, you know, kind of a vocational type training, yeah, kind of, or yeah. a mentoring, you know, but a hard knocks training too. You yeah. know, it was uh, a tough place to work too. Lots of pressure. And, and does a situation like that still exist? Do you think that? I think in pockets it does. It's um, you know I place so much value in that experience that I had right. there that it's at, at least at some level it's it's something that I've been trying to replicate for. Uh, for the product managers that mm. that are on my team here, yeah. to try to, you know, you, you need you need to know a little bit about marketing, and you need to know a little bit about that about this and that. The piece that they don't get as as much, to a greater or lesser degree, depending on the person. But because we're not manufacturing, they the piece that they don't get is is the the heavy operations like okay. running a manufacturing yeah. operation, which is the other piece that I got. It sounds like that. Became an apprenticeship for you, for sure. Under a number of different people. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: kind of what I'm leading to is is wondering somebody that uh, you know, say, a young person is exploring these different options. What advice would you give them um, if they are you know wanting to get into what you've got into? Where would they start? Um,
1: do you have any advice for somebody that would want to do that? That's a great question. Um, Go you know, into your life. <laughs> yeah, and well, follow uh, <laughs> yeah, well, the exact steps. I'm not sure I could repeat it again if I try. Right? I know. Um, I, I, know. Mean, um, I, I would. I would say that if if we're talking about people that might have an interest doing what I do or doing what we do. Mm-hmm. Then my advice would be to show your passion for it, Mm. you know, because as employers, that's what we're looking for. We want people that are going to be committed, head and heart, you know? Yeah. I I mean, because you have, in order to, in order to kind of um, sort of, uh, this may be not the right way to put it, but to, to sort of suffer the dues paying that's required in our industry. Yeah. Um, you have to have patience. And the only way to have patience is if you really care to do it, you know, like right. you, you really want it. You have to want to be here. Yeah. And, and if you really want it, then you're gonna, then you're going to have the character necessary to be able to self reflect and figure out the stuff that you're, that you're not so good at, that you need improvement on. You're, you have to be able to accept feedback. And, mm-hmm. I mean, look, I mean, this, these are comments that are good for any Right, young person, exactly. But um, I'm it, wondering if what you're saying is
0: something similar to people ask me. I've got two sons, 11 and 14, and, and um, people say, Oh, are your boys interested in the music business? And I say, You know, I don't know. It's not something we really push. Now they take piano lessons, and they're involved in music as part of their education. But I'm very weary about pushing them in a direction, no matter what it is. That's my passion. I want them to find it because if you're passionate about something, you're willing to
1: make sacrifices to achieve success. It sounds like that's what you're saying. You have to. Yeah, you have to. I mean, if you're really serious about something, I mean, I don't know anybody that's really successful. And I don't mean monetarily successful, but but like one of the best in the business at what they do, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. I don't know anybody that's successful and not had to suffer to achieve success to some degree. Yeah. Right. I I, I think that, you know, it, it that's part of what builds the character, yeah I mean it's yeah. it's like I said I mean I had people that just you know Smacked me in the head and told me not to be so stupid. I mean, I, and I'm, i and I'm, 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 like, I'm not making a joke. Like, I mean, that really happened. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, I, I, mean, I can remember a conversation with like this, this one guy named Mike Russo, who's kind of my mentor when I was younger, uh, and and at at, uh, at and he brought me across the street, and, and and he just, you know, he totally ripped me apart. He was just, you know, it was just like, you're so smart. What's wrong with you? Mm, wow. <laughs> you know i mean it was that kind of conversation it was cut yeah. me down build me up but cut me down sure. build me up yeah and you know i walked across the street after that conversation and i kind of like you know back to the evans building and I, I stopped when i got got to the the curb on the other side of the street and i and i just kind of like turned around and i was like what just happened mm-hmm. you know but it changed me yeah and i think that you you know if yeah. you're really serious about anything you got to have to go through those periods and you yeah. got to have to suffer through them and you can't blame the world for your suffering you got to look your, at yourself first right. what did you do to cause the suffering because in those moments you know you you, you have an opportunity to become self-aware and become a little bit more enlightened about yeah. you know what it really takes and mm. what kind of person do you want to be you have to, you have a choice right 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 uh,
0: and, and we can learn from those mistakes. And you, you you, have a choice to either grow from that or let or it beat you down. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and again, I, I tell my kids this all the time. I said, somebody is going to let that get to them. And I said, and you,
1: if you choose to grow from it. You win. You win. Right. You know our philosophy here, uh, and it's not just mine. It's the company's. It's mm-hmm. straight up to the top. Our, our our president Tabor Stamper and I talk about this very frequently. Um, my colleague uh, Andy Strayer, our VP of Sales, and I, we, you know, we, we kind of talk about this stuff. And it's what part. It's partly what makes our our culture at KHS America kind of special, at least in our opinion. Um, when we have somebody on our teams who. Maybe um, struggling a little bit uh, as we all do from time to time yeah um, our first our first act of responsibility is to look at what we as their manager may not be doing hmm. right um, we we look and we say, all right how how what am I not doing that is maybe causing this, or what could I be doing that could be of better help, mm-hmm. you know, to the person who's, who's got kind of going through an issue? I mean, ultimately, you know, uh, I mean, you you, you you may come to a point where you exhaust all of that, and and it's still on that person to accept their own, sure. you know, they sure. they still have to be accountable, responsible for themselves. But our first reaction is to see if we can figure out what we need to do, what we how we need to change in order to change help them change um there's a actually we 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 have a little a little sign on our on our little kitchenette wall a little break room um down the hall there and uh it's our def it's khs america's definition of teamwork and that's um not allowing fellow team members to fail Hmm. you know and and uh and we, we 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 take it to heart you know yeah uh it's it's kind of a Pretty big deal for us. I've, I've, uh, I've, as having been through. I don't know if anybody's heard of what's called a performance improvement plan. Um, it's usually a, a, what happens when you're almost out the door. Um, wow. Yeah, it's kind of a warning, <laughs> a, a written warning. Um, yeah. um, I have been the recipient of one not here but once upon a time okay. <laughs> I, I, was, I was the recipient of one of those thing, uh, one of those and uh, it was a really big character building experience for me uh, here I have been the administ- mm-hmm. b- administrator for sure. uh, two oh. um, and uh, in both cases I'm very pleased to say that uh, the, the person um, has, has turned it around. Wow. Um, and, uh, and there's that, you know, everybody's got that potential in them that if they can just kind of, if they can face themselves in the mirror and figure out what it is, then they can, you know, they can, amazing things can happen. Mm -hmm.
0: Something that's, uh, you've experienced having done this for so many years that, um, you always have a good memory of that you can always look to as like what a monumental experience
1: oh wow there's been a lot um it'd be hard that's good it'd be hard to it'd be hard (laughs) to narrow it down i mean some of the Mm -hmm. closest relationships i've had in my life I've, i've made in this industry Wow. you know i mean some of like as close as my own brothers and sisters yeah i mean i've had those chill moments that we talked about earlier you know seeing somebody play when it's you see something that it just you know and you know that you know you're in a position where you have had enough experience in doing this that you know even the average drummer in the room might not necessarily recognize what just happened but you did (laughs) yeah right 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 right. you know because you've seen you, you, your, you know, your ability. I mean, I've done artist relations, marketing, and all that kind of stuff, and I've been around the best players. So your ability to recognize when something special has just happened, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and sometimes that that comes in surprising forms. Like mm. um, I was never really into the um, marching arts or drum yeah. corps or anything yeah. like that. And um, when we started, uh, you know, back in the in the around 1999, when I was working at Evans, and we started doing the some of the marching percussion drum head design. I uh, went to my first DCI um, finals, Drum Corps International yeah, finals, sure. and I had never been in anything like that before. Yeah. And I mean, it blew my hair back. I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so thing, I mean, yeah. th- there was—it's th- that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, it's—I uh, don't know. There's, there, uh, you know, there's there's a collection of yeah. of moments. Um, this you affords know. you the opportunity. I got to, I got to, I got to shake Elvin Jones's hand on his seventy-fifth birthday. <sighs> you know, I mean, like, I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to narrow it down. Sure, sure. No, I, I think it's really cool. It's it's
0: it's great that you can't narrow it down to a couple yeah. things, and that that this it re- probably reinvigorates you and reminds you of of your passion. Yeah, it's yeah, really for sure what about playing now what are your uh, do you have opportunities to play where do you spend your time when you have it to to, perf- to play to
1: you know i'm probably a little bit out of practice i moved here about five and a half years ago i was playing more regularly when i was living up in new york um mm-hmm. i think nashville is a little bit more of a challenge you know mm-hmm. um to 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 find those opportunities. I think the job I'm in right now is also make makes it a little bit more of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more demands on my time. I mean, the, um, right. when I first moved here, I actually put a kit in my office, and you know, I had, you know, keys to the building so I used to come at night and you yeah. know, like nine nine or ten o'clock and just shed for a while, and and uh, and that was good. Um, you know, my my I've got two kids, and mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, they're nine and seven, and Um, you know, when I'm, when I, when it's, when my work day is done, um, it's not that I don't want to play drums. It's just Mm. that I want to be with them more, right? you know, and I want to, I want to kind of hear what their day has been like and listen to them and they're both taking piano now. So Mm -hmm. I want to, you know, listen to them practice or help them with their homework or, you know, take them, um, Headed to softball practice in a little while. That's right, very soon. You know, so I I like doing that stuff. And on my free time on the weekends, I'm 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 a I'm a pretty serious hobby carpenter. So I mean, like like I build you know furniture and that kind of stuff. So I tend to, you know, everybody needs a creative outlet, and at one time that was probably drums for me. But Mm -hmm. I'm surrounded by drums and musical instruments all day, every day. So and it's not that I get sick of it, but I get my fill. Sure. Um, And yeah, I still practice, not as much as I used to. Mm -hmm. I certainly my hands. I wish I had my hands (laughs) right, 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 (laughs) like I used to have my hands. Yeah. Uh, And that can be a little frustrating when I sit down at the kit and they don't they don't do what my brain tells them to do. Um, But uh, I do wish I could connect more with the instrument as a player, like Mm -hmm. I I did um, when I was young. But you know, I also recognize that. It, it, to a degree, it's it's like riding a bike. It's never going to leave me. Certainly, yeah. the passion is never going to go away. And yeah. I may be in a phase right now where I'm not playing as much as I used to, and that's okay. Uh, I know at some point I'll get back.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because the, the the complete opposite is scary. You think of somebody that gets completely burned out and never
1: wants to touch the
0: instrument again.
1: Yeah, that's not me. You know, no. I mean, I, I, it, literally, like like I said my, my, my dad was a drummer I mean this is an instrument that has defined me as a person sure. uh, to such a large degree <laughs> yeah. that it's just not something that uh, it's it's too central to, to kind of my core that there's different ways to live it yeah and experience it absolutely for sure. and, for sure. and I'm and I'm totally happy kind of living it through the playing of yeah. others for a little while it's okay no. yeah
0: man I appreciate your time uh, thanks for carving out a little bit of time. Yeah, here. this is cool. I appreciate uh, it. I might look around just to, just for a bit. Yeah, and sure. grab a few yeah. shots. Yeah, um, so we can show some people, uh, you know, this cool place. Yeah. So, but Mike, I appreciate, it, man. Yeah. Thanks. Cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. So there you go. Uh, as always, we are looking for unique perspectives to share with you in this crazy business. I hope you found my conversation with Michael uh, as interesting as I did and even useful uh, depending on where your life or your career may take you. I want to uh, thank Mike Jackson for his technical assistance once again this week. Stay tuned next week for Zach Albetta. He'll be bringing you uh, his interviews. Thanks for everybody participating. Uh, your input, your uh, just comments and everything through social media is is really helpful. Also, uh, we've got some things coming up that's going to involve you and us uh, finding out more about who you are. Uh, stay tuned for that. I'm, ho- I'm hoping that uh, as soon as next week, we'll have more information to share with you. But for now, thanks for listening, and I hope to see you around. Bye-bye.